time for more Scott Weinberg on the law on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Attorney Scott Weinberg. What is going on with the courts in Macomb County? We're joined by Judge Sheila Miller, who is a judge in 41B District Court. She used to be the assistant prosecuting attorney in Macomb County and was appointed judge in 41B in May of 2006 by our Governor Jennifer Granholm. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Scott. One of the things I want to ask you about, Judge, is there in 41B, and I know it's a it's a fairly large uh, district court. What, what county, what uh, cities do you actually encompass? All of Clinton Township, Harrison Township, and Mount Clemens. Now, I know with the economy and people losing their jobs, have you seen a uh, upturn in the number of cases, let's say, in domestic violence or in substance abuse-related crimes that you're dealing with now because maybe people are having problems with uh, jobs and the economy? Yes, um, but surprisingly, we've also seen an increase in civil filings, and those would be for collection cases. For example, uh, delinquent credit card accounts, delinquent auto loans, that sort of thing, and certainly tenants are facing loss of their apartments or their homes through landlord and tenant action. That's got to be tough, putting someone out. You know they don't have a job, but, you know, you've got to do your job, and if they don't pay, I mean, how do you stop an eviction when, I mean, you know you want to help them, but you got to follow the rules of the court, too? Yes, yes, it can be very challenging. What is the situation with uh with landlords, are they having any kind of? Um, are, are they are they caring for these people? Are they saying fine, you can have better payment plans? Are they having any forgiveness, or do you see them being just as as uh, well, tough as ever? In most of the cases the cases that I've seen, the landlords have already kind of faced facts about uh, the amount of rent that they can actually get for their properties, and so you know they're not charging what they used to. Uh, many of them are leasing their premises for a loss. And they realize that, you know, this is a situation for now. So when it comes to making a payment arrangement, um, coming down on the monthly rental amount, that's not really a viable solution for them. They've already looked at the market and what the market can bear. So generally, um, what they try to do is the understanding if a person has reduced the hours that they're getting on their job, for example, or um, if a tenant realizes themselves that they can't handle the property, they need to move on, but they need a little time to gather up their resources and put another down payment on a less expensive place. So there, there's ways that certainly landlords have been uh, understanding and try to help, uh, but it doesn't usually uh, reach the point where they can say, we can take 25% less. Does the court, do you have special mediation or any kind of program set up to deal with specifically that kind of silver landlord tenant issues? In 41B, we do not, uh, believe it or not, the judges mediate many of the cases, um, not just in landlord-tenant, but also in general civil. There are lots of cases handled by the litigants themselves without any legal representation. But that really puts a much bigger strength, because I know I'm in court uh, in that court all the time, too. I mean, you have a full yeah. criminal docket along with that. I mean, that, that really puts a lot of strain on the, 
on the system there with uh, just three judges. Yeah, it certainly does. And it's, you know, at the very minimum, the litigants need to understand the process. They need to understand some basics about the law, and we have to provide that to them. The clerks can't do it, um, and we can't advise them as to which way to go with a decision that they have to make because we're not representing them, but we do have to give them enough information that they understand some of the consequences of their uh, decisions. Do you find that, and I've talked to other lawyers and, uh, quite frankly, circuit court judges, too, in terms of, I know you don't handle divorces in the district court, but mm-hmm. in, in circuit court, the judges are finding that, and actually there was a recent article in the Daily about it, the the clients, they, or the, the litigants can't afford decent attorneys. They can't afford any attorney, and they're coming yeah. there, and they're filings, not just for divorce, for any kind of civil action without attorneys, and the judges find that they're spending so much more time being educators and trying to teach them what to do, but you really can't give the legal advice, so you're in sort of a dilemma. Yes, it's a difficult position to be in. However, you know, we were lawyers before we were judges. And as lawyers, that's what we did. We had to educate clients. We had to educate witnesses and victims. We had to educate police officers and even educate juries and jurors. Um, That's part of the business of law. And, you know, it may be considered getting your hands a little dirty, but that's what it's about. It's not all um, pretty, and it's not all glorious. We're talking to uh, Judge Sheila Miller from the 41B uh, District Court. And I know that you used to be, of course, a former prosecutor because I used to be assistant prosecutor with you. And yeah. you did such a fine job. And I wanted to ask you about domestic violence. And, you know, one of the mm-hmm. things that we see, obviously, as a criminal lawyer, I do, but you see the um, the cases are being charged. And when you were a prosecutor, you used to charge them. And now, but as a judge, you see the prosecutor will charge it, but the complainant doesn't want to go forward with the cases. How do you handle that as a judge now? Well, the first thing that I do is inquire with the assistant prosecutor who's handling the case, whether there's a victim and witness advocate present who can assist in that situation. And those are individuals who have been trained and are employed by the prosecutor's office to really work with uh, witnesses and victims to make them feel at ease and know what to expect when they enter the courtroom. The main message from the bench is, today, is for a determination of facts. All we want is the truth. At a later time, we'll be determining what the consequences will be. At that point, the court wants to hear from you about what you think should happen, only if you want to make such a statement. Let us handle the facts today. The consequences will be handled later. There are situations, first-time offenses, in which there's no immediate jail sentence. You don't have to worry about uh, your financial security. You don't have to worry about your spouse or your significant other's loss of job and income uh, because as long as they follow the court's orders to go to domestic aggression uh, counseling and classes, as long as they follow the court's orders for probation, the charge can be dismissed at the end of the year then the court can rest assured and you can rest assured that your partner has some skills with which to handle conflict and arguments in the future. You know, you mentioned uh, the issues of jail, and of course in domestic violence, one of the, one of the uh, 
benefits of having the statute uh, have it deferred is that you really can see um, how a defendant acts over a period of time and if he complies and, and clearly yeah. reoffends. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because we've talked to uh, several prosecutors about it, and especially um, uh, Prosecutor Kim Worthy in, in Wayne County, is mm-hmm. the idea of holding jail over a defendant or over someone in order to get something out of them. And, of course, the first thing is is Kwame Kilpatrick. I mean, Judge Groner's had the ability to have um, a restitution order where if uh, if it's a violation of probation, if he doesn't comply, have you had a situation where someone owes restitution, won't pay, or can't come up with a good reason, and you've put him in jail because of it? I don't believe I have, but what I have done is insist that I will not accept a guilty plea to a reduced charge without some down payment on the restitution. Therefore, rather than the person entering a plea and being sentenced and walking out of the courtroom without paying anything toward restitution, uh, the alternative would be we're going to take that plea under advisement. You come back in 30 days with 50% of your restitution amount, and at that point, the charge can be reduced. The remainder can be, can be paid, you know, over a period of whatever, whether it's another 30 days, 60 days, 45 days, or the term of probation on a monthly basis. That's really a good program, actually. If we had had that with Kwame, the million dollars, if he had to put a <laughs> substantial amount down, he'd, I, I mean, that would have been a good program, actually. I kind of like that. Go call Judge Groner and go tell him. (laughs) There's certainly a benefit to a a defendant in getting a charge reduced. And so why should that person be able to have the benefit of that without the sacrifice of making good on the restitution? Well, that sounds like a program. We've been joined here by uh, Judge Sheila Miller from the 41B District Court. You know, I can't let you go unless I was going through your bio. I see that you love Pat Metheny. I love Pat Metheny, too. Yes, my favorite. Scott, it's been a pleasure. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully have you on again. We've been joined by Judge Sheila Miller. She's, of course, running for 41B District Court, and she's been there for four years, so I hope you'll be able to have you back on the show. Thanks, Judge. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.